Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I am chatting with Jennifer Bonatney about living with post-concussion syndrome. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out my Patreon page to help support my advocacy work and receive exclusive content for Patreon-only members, patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to The Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I'm editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. Be sure to save the date for March 16th, my virtual Brain Injury Awareness Day event. Register for free at facesoftbi.com slash event. You can also learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Jennifer Butani, and she is the founder and CEO of Entertainment News LA. She also launched PPLA Social to provide clients with services in public relations, social media, branding, and experiential events. Jennifer has over 17 years of experience in the entertainment and communication industry. Her career spans work in TV and film development and production, talent management and senior positions at top PR and creative agencies, and she has worked with both consumer and B2B clients in entertainment, lifestyle, healthcare, politics, and technology. PPLA offers the combined knowledge of traditional public relations, digital media, content creation, and branding under one roof. At her core, Jennifer is a storyteller and seeks clients whose stories resonate with her. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. So glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, Amy. It is a pleasure. So, Jennifer, you yourself have had a concussion. Um, and so why don't we start with your story of how, how it happened and, and, you know, what kind of journey that took you on? Sure, yeah, I'd love to share. And actually, uh, just this week, uh, March 8th was actually a year um, since my concussion. And so I'm, you know, still on this journey now. Uh, but 
last uh, last March, I was actually skiing in Tahoe, and I'm you know a very experienced skier, skied since I was a kid, so going on 30 years, and um, just kind of had a, a fluke accident where you know I hit sort of a something either ice or something, and as I was skiing, kind of popped my ski and literally sent me you know hurling through the air, um, and it, it was quite interesting because I've skied my whole life and I've never actually worn a helmet before and I had just purchased a helmet because I noticed I was one of the only skiers still out there not wearing a helmet and I thought you know maybe I should get a helmet and I actually had just gotten Mm. a helmet and that was the first time I actually was ever wearing that helmet so um I don't know at first I thought maybe it was a curse but at the same time it it probably saved me from a much more severe potential injury um and so, yeah, and so I, I, you know, I whiplashed my neck pretty bad um, and smacked, you know, my head and sort of the uh, the side of my, um, the left sort of back side of my, like, face and neck uh, pretty badly. Um, and so, yeah, from there, if, if you want, I can share a little bit about sort of what that experience was like. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Im- immediately after I was, you know, I went to the, uh, nearby uh, urgent care and to, and to be honest that I, I don't feel like anyone took it so so serious they you know they ran a few yeah kind of yeah quick like I yeah I test can you move can you function okay you're fine you probably just you know hit your head hard and, and you're you're pretty much fine they said and they sent me they sent me home <laughs> and I actually the next morning got up and was like okay I'm gonna go back out and I actually went back on uh, the ski slope the very next morning but I didn't feel right. I was like, I don't really feel right. I'm sore, but I feel a little dizzy. I don't, you know, I'm not so sure about this. And I decided uh, to get off right after like one or two runs. And uh, that was, you know, we had just gotten there. We were supposed to be there skiing for a week. And I basically, you know, canceled the rest of the trip. We returned our skis and everything. And I came, came back to LA. And the first two weeks after, you know, I was a little sore, but I, I didn't feel that bad. I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm fine. And then, you know, about two weeks after the injury, I was progressively feeling worse and worse, and I was um, literally in a conference room in a meeting with other people, and I, I, I just had to stop the meeting, and it was, you know, it was embarrassing at the time, but I said, someone needs to take me to the hospital, so I don't know if I'm, I, I honestly thought, like, am I having a stroke? Is something going on? Mm-hmm. I literally felt like my head was exploding. I couldn't think. I was having a full-blown panic attack. I just did not feel right, and um, and this was actually the same week that uh, COVID-19, really, the pandemic really kicked off oh, here. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. We had, everything had just gone and, you know, was basically just going into lockdown. So I went to the hospital uh, and they ended up saying, hey, you know, I don't know why they didn't look into this more. We want to do, we want to do, uh, you know, they did a CT. They, so, I, it, you know, over the next few weeks, I ended up getting, uh, you know, MRI, CT, neck, brain, x-rays, everything. So pretty much everything. Um and, you know, to make a long story short, luckily, the damage on those scans, you know, was more, you know, from the doctor's perspective, okay, it's more surface level. We don't see any, like, long-standing, you know, actual brain damage, um, which is obviously great news. But the complicated thing about that was I began to feel progressively way worse. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not functioning well, and I was being told I was, I was being told I was fine. Um I don't want to go too long, but I, I'd like to, you know, chat more about that. But if you have questions from that point on, you know, I can get into sort of what that looked like. Yeah, I just want to take a moment to just really stress, like, for you, 
you were like, uh, you know, you had enough awareness that you didn't feel right, um, you know, the next day. But then after about two weeks is when you started feeling really crummy. And that's so common. And often people, they there's usually two things. Either they go to the ER like you did and are told, eh, you know, you're fine. Um, or they don't even go because they don't, they don't think anything's that wrong. But then, you know, those symptoms progress over the next couple of weeks. And then it's like, Whoa, what's happening? Um, where for me, I knew right away, I wasn't okay. You know, right after I fell, I knew I wasn't okay. Um, so I had more of an initial awareness, but my symptoms continued to get worse. Um, so again, you know, it's so, so, so common. And to have healthcare providers like saying, well, you know, basically you're fine. Um, it just hinders our recovery. Whereas if we could get referred to the right resources in those first few weeks, even the first few months, um, I think it can make such a difference to so many people's recoveries. Um, so at, you're at about two weeks, you went to the hospital, yeah, and um, they did I the just, CT and everything. And then, and then what happened? Yeah. Continue. Well, and that, that's like a great, a great point, right? Because, you know, I, I played sports my whole life. I've always been athletic. You know, I've, I've hit my head before. And I, I kept thinking to myself, oh, well, concussions, you just hit your head, you're fine, right? Or, you know, <laughs> you're out of it for a couple of days, you're fine. I never had even heard about, you know, post-concussion syndrome. And obviously, I knew there were more serious concussions from car accidents and football and things like that. But I, I never thought, like, oh, this could become a, a serious situation for me. And so, and everyone was saying, oh, you're fine. Even though at the time when I, you know, when I fell and they kept asking me, were you unconscious? Because they kind of say, well, if you weren't unconscious, you're fine. And, you know, you're, they, oh, there's geez. a whole big argument around that, right? And I, I remember that thinking just I makes wasn't me sure. cringe. <laughs> I know. I remember oh, thinking at the time. I'm it's not 2021, sure. like... people. <laughs> yeah, and every doctor was asking me. And I said, I kind of felt like I saw black for a second. And I knew it must have looked pretty bad because when I did kind of like – I was a little disoriented, but when I got up, I was surrounded by like 10 different skiers who were like, oh my God, are you okay? So I'm like, oh, it must have looked pretty ugly, you know? And um, so that was a thing, right? I, I was getting the same questions and a lot of the same feedback of like, well, you're probably fine since the scans don't show anything. So that was, you know, at about two weeks out. And then I, I, I will say the next three months was um, pretty much a complete nightmare for me. I mean, after that, yeah. literally like two days later, we went on to complete lockdown and I knew something wasn't right and that I was going to need help. And then I wasn't able to get even appointments or any help for about three months because of the pandemic. And what I'll say, like what happened to me at that point was the symptoms became so bad. I, um, I literally, and what my, my main symptoms were was obviously I had a lot of neck pain, a lot of head pain, a lot of pressure. I felt extremely dizzy and nauseous. It got to the point where pretty much every day I would wake up and throw up for the first hour of the day, I was so dizzy. I was mostly throwing up just like bile. Um, my stomach was really off. I was constantly dizzy. I couldn't even walk like literally around my apartment or down the block without feeling like just totally overwhelmed. Um, and this created for me, I guess I'd say that the number one symptom was a ton of anxiety. I started having daily panic attacks multiple times a day. Uh, because I just didn't, I, all I kept saying was, I just don't feel like myself. I just don't feel right. I felt scared all the time, but I didn't know why. I felt out of control. 
And at the same time, you know, I'm running my own business. We're going through the pandemic. We're losing business. I'm trying to, I'm trying to function. I'm trying to work. And, you know, I typically work anywhere between, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day, which, you know, is long for some people is pretty average for me. And I, I literally could not look at the computer for more than 30 minutes without feeling like everything was blurry. I couldn't read. I was getting nauseous. It was really bad. <laughs> and nobody really could give me any help. Um, and so the other thing I think that people don't really realize is, so you're going through this, you have this injury, you're really not capable of functioning properly, but yet you have to try to figure out how, like who helps me? How do I get help? What are these doctors? I have to make appointments. So I was trying to, with like limited capacity, research what kind of doctors, what do I need? What are the treatments? And you're really on your own. Um, and I was lucky to found a, yeah. you know, a concussion group on Facebook where I got some advice, but you're really, you know, you're really on your own and it's very disconcerting. I mean, it, you, you can't function normally and you don't know why. And I can't express mm-hmm. enough how like uneasy that made me uh, in my, in my life. Um, and I'm generally a person who, you know, I lead a company, I take charge, I'm a doer. I mean, I would call home to my parents, uh, every day, hyster- like hysterical crying. I was having constant panic attacks to the point where they actually flew out at the height of the pandemic to help me for, for several weeks. Um, and, you know, I had to tell my team, like, I need you guys. I'll dictate what my emails are. I'll tell you what I need done, but you need to do it because I can't even, you know, look at a screen without, <laughs> without becoming nauseous or feeling like I'm going to pass out. Um, so it was a very tough time. And I also, you have that thing where you publicly – I was like, well, I can't, you know, I can't lose my business. I'm already struggling with the pandemic. I can't publicly tell people I'm going through this. And I was keeping it pretty much private to my immediate circle, but I was suffering pretty bad for um, at, at least, I mean, it's not even 100% now, but I'd say at least six months was really bad. But the first three months was, uh, you know, I got to a point where I thought if this is going to be my day-to-day life, I don't want to be here. And that's a really scary mm-hmm. thought. And I was having that, I was having that thought uh, like pretty much daily at that point. Yeah. Um, which yeah, seems and that dream, right? It seems extreme now because I'm like, okay, you know, because I, I had doctors saying, you don't have permanent brain damage, you're fine. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't even want to live if I'm going to live like this. I cannot function, you know? Um, and so it's such a weird kind of disconnect to think about those things side by side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think it's so incredibly common. Like people with a brain injury are 10 times more likely to have suicidal ideations. And and ideation means you're just thinking about it. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to follow through with it. Exactly. Um, And we're also three times more likely to follow through with it, which is, you know, just such a sobering statistic. Um, I know I went through it. I thought about it every day because I was in so much pain. I'm like, I just didn't want to be in the pain anymore. And doctors kept telling me there was nothing we could do. Um, So you're just like, am I stuck with this for life? Right? Is this a life? That's what I kept saying. I said, if every day I'm Mm going to be in pain and this anxious and I mean, like massive anxiety and depression, massive pain, headaches, neck pain. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. So you get in that, in that, not, not that I was, that's not what I wanted, but in my head, you get in that like very distraught place because you don't know what to do. And I felt like there was no one, like no one was even like taking me seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, I so did at any point <laughs> to give people hope. 
did at any point, did the doctors start taking this more seriously or did you kind of stop going to the doctors? You know, what, what did that look like, you know, six, 10 months into your journey? I mean, you're only a year into it now, but um, you know, what did that start to look like? Yeah. So I did, um, I did go to a sports concussion um, place here outside of LA and I'll be honest, I went there in the very beginning. They're the ones that, you know, eventually took it serious enough to continue to run tests. I did a bunch of, like, memory and, and you know, computerized tests and things like that. I didn't have the best experience there, though, because I didn't feel like I had a lot of hope. There was a lot of, well, it's not that serious and you should be better by now. And there was a lot of them telling me, just rest and do nothing. Don't be on your computer. Mm. Don't watch TV. Don't be in screens. Don't be around people. And it's, you know... I think it was also compounded by the pandemic was just starting. Everyone was scared. I'm stuck. Yeah. Here I am. I'm stuck yeah. in the house. I'm stuck in the house. I can't w- even walk around without feeling off balance and sick and I can't do anything. And then a lot of people were taking comfort and okay, well I'll read or I'll listen to, to music or I'll watch TV. But all those things were bothering me. The light was, re- sound wasn't so bad for me, but the light really was. So I ended up literally taking you. Ha- and this is the thing that I think, makes me want to share is that you have to become your own advocate and you have to take this into your own hands because unfortunately there's not as much support as you would like. And so I started doing as much research as I can online in support groups. And for me, the things that I found that ended up helping and I I went through the gamut, but I did um, vestibular therapy, which Mm -hmm. was a huge help to me and getting that because I constantly felt like I was dizzy and spinning. Even if I laid down, I felt like I was falling or spinning all the time. And it's like, to not even be able to sleep or relax is, is a horrible feeling. So that vestibular therapy was a lifesaver in terms of getting me back on track with my balance and also just feeling like someone understood what I was going through. Um, so that was a great one. And then I also um, found there was a local place here in L.A. called Remedy Place, and they do a lot of like non-traditional uh, like sports medicine and movement. And so I started going there and I did um, hyperbaric chamber treatments for several weeks, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. helped with oxygenating the brain. Um, I did cryotherapy pretty much, you know, every other day for a few months, um, which helps with inflammation and the cryotherapy for me also. I love that. It made me kind of feel awake, feel more clear. Um, and they had a sports medicine chiropractor there, um, which, you know, we did some, some adjustments, but it wasn't really, it was more about like, releasing the pressure in my neck yeah. and my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those things really helped and in just feeling like I had a team that cared and understood. And I think the common thing I kept saying was, am I crazy? Am I going crazy? Am I, lo-? I kept thinking I was losing my mind. Am I making this up in my head? Am I losing my mind? Am I going I was, that was literally like what I felt. And they were very reassuring and like, this is actually the normal process for post-concussion. And you're doing good. And even though you don't see the improvements, we see the improvements. So that was really super helpful. And then the last thing I would like to say that I think helped get me over um, the hump in this last part, I'd say, you know, now I'm going toward a year was acupuncture. And I had tried acupuncture early on and didn't feel like it helped. And I don't know if maybe I needed to do those other things first, or I wasn't open to it, or I didn't have the right person, but I went back and tried acupuncture again because the, the lingering pain has not gone away and that has been a huge huge help to me and I've only been doing that the last few months but it has really helped quite a bit with like the pain and the mobility of of my neck Mm -hmm. and I just want to 
quickly circle back to um, you talked about cryotherapy and just for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, do you want to kind of just give a brief explanation of what that is? What does, what does that yes, look like? Sure. So you um, cryotherapy is a, like cold treatment. And so um, there's actually a lot of proof that cold types of therapies can help as mm-hmm. well with, if you're experiencing anxiety Um and so, you know, you can do ice baths, you could do even on your own, if it's like a budgetary constraint, you can do like really cold showers. Um, but cryotherapy, basically, you kind of, you strip down, um, and then they do put on uh, like slippers and mittens to cover your, you know, toes and fingers, your extremities, and they give you ear muffs to protect your ears. And you put like a little towel around you, but you basically step into a, you know, freezing room. Uh, it's like you're kind of standing there in like a freezing ice box of snow and they play music uh, and you can be in there for up to three and a half minutes. But basically the cold, um, the, the science behind it is that it supposedly helps to take the inflammation out. Um, and it also gives you sort of a rush. Um, I don't know if it's of endorphins or whatnot, but I know for me, I would feel much less pain the re- once I would do that the rest of the day. And I would also feel much more um, awake and kind of clear. So I really felt like that was, that was a help to me um, because I, I know that, you know, it was just constantly that constant feeling of like, am I going crazy? Am I losing my mind? Why am I so anxious? <laughs> yeah. Why don't I feel right? I don't feel like myself. That's all I kept saying. And I did also go to some regular therapy and I did for a short time uh, I went on for about a month. I went on Ativan to um, help me with the panic attacks and calm down because I'd gotten myself really just so anxious and worked up that this was my new life and I was not going to get better. I had convinced myself, no doctors have answers. I'm not going to get better. I'm never going to be able to be the same person. I'm never going to be able to run my business. I really got into a very bad like mental state about it. So that um, also really helped me to calm and start to – you know, I stayed on that for a short time just to really get myself like, okay, functional and able to say, you know, you can get better. And and the other thing around that I do want to say is there are a lot of groups online and I found they can be both helpful and not helpful. <laughs> so I got a lot of great. Oh, absolutely. There, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anything about vestibular therapy. There's different things. There's like NUCA chiropractor. There's so many things. Right. And so it can be really helpful in having other people give you some suggestions. Um, especially if you're not getting help from traditional doctors. The, uh, on the flip side, it can also be negative in that some of the people in those groups have been suffering for a really long time, and they may have a, had a different experience or a different severity or maybe not, you know, a different outlook or done the same things as you. So there can be some negativity because I started to get a fear, like, all oh, these people in this group, these groups have been there five, six years suffering. I, if that's going to be me, then that's it. Like, you know, and so – there can be that too. And there can also be that, you know, overwhelming of your like, so where do I start? There's so, you know, traditional doctors aren't helping me. There's all these treatments like is, you know, when I had those thoughts, like is acupuncture real? Is cryotherapy real? Are any of these things going to help? And all I can say is you kind of have to try them and see what works for you um, and take it, you know, take their advice, take what's useful for you and then discard the rest. And I actually found one person in that group who I felt like, we had got injured around the same time around the same age and we've actually become like each other's support. Um, and his name is Chad and he lives in Texas and we've never met in person, but we literally have helped each other. Like we send each, like he sent me, try this migraine stick I got on Amazon, try this helmet hat for ice packs for your head. Like we've literally supported each other by being like the one other person who can say, 
this is what's worked for me, this doesn't work for you, or cheering each other on if, like, we're having a bad day, like, reminding each other it's just a bad day, you know? And I still am in some of those groups. He blocked them out because he felt they were too negative. But, they're, 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 you know, you have to, like, filter what what is good and try to, you know, just stay focused on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, even my own group, there's 10,000 people in it. And, you know, I, I'm in there every day monitoring it. And I take anything out that I feel, you know, is not helpful. Um, but you have 10,000 people with brain injuries and filters are broken and paranoia, anger, rage. You know, you have all these different symptoms going you on. You have all and, the emotions. <laughs> Yep. And so it is, it can be really challenging. And, um, you know, as someone new coming in, like my hope is that they can find the resources. Like I, I just have so many free resources available to people. And, you know, I just hope that they can sift through and find the information that they need. And I try really hard to remove any of that super negative stuff. Like, like I get it. We all need a place to yeah. vent because you can't just vent to your friends and family because they don't get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it can be real challenging in there at times. So and I that, hear you. That can be the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember seeing people saying, Oh, I lost everything, you know, my job, my, what, my marriage, I had to live at home with family. Like you, you see this and you're like, Oh, and I remember thinking in my head, Oh my God, I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to move in with my parents, mm-hmm. gonna, you know, but you know, you, you can go there or you can try to stay focused on the positive. And I, and, and it gets hard. There are days where even like, even now I would say, you know, I'm a year out. I would say I've made the most, you know, I think it's been gradual and it was hard to see in the midst of it. But I think, you know, the last few months I probably made the most progress as well. Like I'm back to pretty much working full days, full time. I'm able to, you know, exercise again, light exercise if I, you know, but I, I notice if I do too much, if I do, you know, five hours in a row without a break on the computer, I'm super dizzy mm-hmm. and I feel sick. If I do too much, I'm off balance. You know, there are a lot of mornings, I'd say for me, the lingering symptoms are I still wake up with pretty bad anxiety and I still wake up with pretty bad uh, neck and head pain. And I think that sort of, I wake up, I feel mm-hmm. the pain that triggers the anxiety, but I found methods to sort of, okay, this is temporary. This isn't going to last all day. I know that now. So just, this is what you have to do. I, you know, have a coffee, ice your head, take a deep breath, get going on your day. Right. And so, you know, you start finding your coping methods and there are, there are, you know, I kept saying for quite a long time, like, I just want to not be thinking about this. I'm tired of thinking about it. Like I just want to wake up and I would always say, I don't want to wake up and be normal and do me again and not, be like concussion girl right (laughs) you know and um there are days now like there are days where I don't think about it or there's even been a week or two and you know having that check-in partner like my you know Chad said to me the other day I don't think I've heard you mention your head problems like at all in the last two weeks you've just talked about like oh your client or this is bugging me or whatever like other things and so without realizing it, I was like you know you're right I guess I haven't really been feeling that bad you know but then you have you know, I moved last week, I actually moved. And maybe that was too much. You know, I moved, I worked, I had all that. And then I had just like a bad bout of like four days where I was miserable and in really bad pain. And I started getting into that negative mindset of, well, great. Like, I thought I was making progress. And now here I am, I'm never going to be done. You know, you can you can go into that sort of deep negative dive. And you know, it took me a minute to pull out of it because I'm like, oh, great, four bad days in a row, I'm, I, I've regressed, right? And it's like you just have to sort of realize, like, 
it's not a straight, you know, and they say this, it's cliche, but it's not a straight line, but the recovery is not a straight line. Like you are going to have good days and good weeks and bad days. And, you know, I've sort of come to accept like maybe I will never be a hundred percent or a hundred percent won't look like the same hundred percent it did before. Or maybe I will be because I'm only a year out and I never thought I'd get this much better. So where will I be a year from now or two years from now? So you, you kind of have to, you know, coach, psych yourself out, coach yourself up and, and, and do it. But the other thing I did want to point out was the, the thing that frustrates me the most, I think, about this situation is there's millions of people who have had concussions and post-concussion syndrome and who have felt this, who have not gotten the help or been sort of discounted. Um, and there's not like a clear – that's why I wanted to come on. I'm so grateful to you, Amy, for what you do because, you know, there isn't clear support out there. And a lot of the stuff that is out there is quite expensive and not covered by insurance. And so I did want to bring that up because I feel lucky that I've worked hard and I had the means to try some of these things. But, um, you know, even for me, it became a little overwhelming. At one point when I was doing, you know, vestibular and acupuncture and cryo, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to move back home because I can't afford my apartment because I'm spending all my money on these things, but I want to get better, right? So that's a little bit of the frustration, too, I think, is, for people out there is they want to get better, but maybe they can't afford to, or they don't have the resources and, and traditional medicine is not covering it or willing to look at it as something that, you know, and I have great insurance and they don't cover any of that. They don't cover hyperbaric, they don't mm-hmm. cover cryo, they, they don't cover acupuncture. So I think that's they don't something cover that, anything that actually works <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. That's something that needs, you know, but they'll cover pain medication, you know, but I think that's something yep. that needs to really be yep, for life. continually <laughs> highlighted because, you know, they don't want to cover the things that will actually help you get better. And the problem is there is no, everyone's injury is different. There's no one solution. You have to figure it out, trial and error. And so I find that quite discouraging for a lot of people because you can easily just, you know, be walking your dog and trip and fall and and be in this position, or you can be driving your car and, you know, get an accident. You know, there's no, there's no guarantee. So I think that's something I just wanted to, bring up and hopefully there'll be some change in the near future mm-hmm. in, in the, you know, healthcare and medical around what this looks like. Cause so many people are suffering and aren't getting the help or financial help they need to get better. Yeah. So true. So true. Well, Jennifer, we're just about out of time. This has been a great discussion. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today and share your story and, you know, just help others who are listening that are still struggling know that, you know, there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And even though you might have some really dark, scary days, um, it can get better. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story with us today. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And if anyone's listening and you need a word of encouragement, you can feel free to reach out to me. It's, you know, and I think the one last thing I just leave you with is try not to blame yourself. I remember in the beginning, I kept thinking, how could this happen? I'm an expert skier. How could I let this happen? I, I blame myself. Like it was my fault, right? It's not your fault. These, these things can happen in any, any day, mm-hmm. anyway. And so just try to, uh, be a little easy on yourself and, and try the, try different things, find what works for you and know that it, you know, it can get better, but you know, it is, it is a process. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, kind of face that it it can take some time, but, um, but healing is, is possible. So I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. So I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. 
And just a reminder to register for our free virtual awareness day event next when next Tuesday, March 16th, register for free at basesoftbi.com slash event. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. And you can also find previous podcast episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes or directly at facesoftbi.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. And also please join me in Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you in the next episode. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.